I said, what you know about it? It's the stool, baby. Got the knees in plus. Young stool, baby. And the room a lot. Hello, hello, you're listening to The Stew. My name is Jason Stewart. Andre Conoparo is also here. What's up, baby? What up? What up? Coming in a little colder than me right now. I'm jazzed. I'm hyped up on kombucha. Does that hype you up? Have you tried kombucha before? It's like a fermented health drink. Never heard of it. It sounds good, though. It's fermented. Yeah, I haven't had a kombucha in a long time, and I and I was just really thirsty. Popped into Trader Joe's for like I was like I want a cold I want like a cold brew or something. But then I went for an old fashioned GT Synergy Trilogy, the the original kombucha that started it all before all this dumb kombucha came around. Yeah, but that one's unleaded. This one is the unleaded one. Yeah, you're right. Don't rain on my parade. They don't sell leaded, I think, at Trader Joe's. If you go to uh, does Whole Foods even do it anymore? Probably, yeah. But yeah, the one the the one that you need to get ID'd, yeah, carded for. It's so like one. when it has trace amounts of alcohol, what are the benefits? Is it better? I I don't even know. I mean, I think like it's a natural part of the fermentation process, and for a while it was sold without that, and then it kind of caught on. And it have we given up on kombucha yet? As I, a, I love as a it. World, no, I love it. You I like it. it. I also like it when it's on tap. Like to go to a place when they have it on tap. I've had the kombucha that's have you had the one that's like actually alcoholic, like you can get drunk on it? I think it's called Booch. I feel like I have. It's actually pretty good. It comes in like a like a tall boy bottle, like one of the big what are those beer bottles called where it's a bigger one than normal? <laughs> a tall boy? But it's a glass one. Like, like when you get thir- a, like thirty two ounce ones? Yeah, like when you get a craft beer. It's not oh like it'd be a, a growler, sh- like the sixty four no, ounce no, growler. No, it's, it's somewhere between a growler and a regular twelve ounce bottle. Is there a name for those twenty ounce bottles? That the there's an actual name. That's what I'm asking you for, ass. I don't think so. Well, anyways, they make. Those I'm sure there is, and we're gonna hear about it in kombucha. Oh, we're gonna freaking hear about it, and they and they actually get you pretty, pretty buzzing, cousin. And it's like a real guilt free buzz. I would imagine you can't taste the difference. Hmm. Goes down a little too smooth. It's like a cider or anything fermented and sugary. Mm-hmm. You just don't even notice it. Yeah, if you're like eight years old, mm, bring it down. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of eight year olds out there hitting booch. As you know, we don't we don't have a guest today because yeah, the other side of the table is looking lonely after so many so many hits in a row. I like I I think us having guests has been really good and it's really upped our listenership and people really like it. But sometimes it's not about the guests. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't like to rely only on the guests. Sure. How do you feel about it? Oh, either way. I think guests are I mean guests are always fun. Mm-hmm. I mean I would imagine looking back at I like doing a three on one off <laughs> is how I how I see it going. Is that funny to you? <laughs> Just that you broke it down into some kind of some kind of mathematical Algorithm? equation. Three on, one off. That's how we do it here at the stew. I'm not saying that's. I'm not saying we need to implement that. That's not written in stone. It's merely a suggestion of something that I think is going to work out pretty well. 
What are the benefits of a of our guestless podcast? Guestless podcast, you get to you get to remove a lot of the stuff about podcasts that I hate, mm. which is like mm, inside Jason. Yeah, this is a peek behind my brain curtain where it's like, so how'd you get started? And then the guys like, or the girls like, well, I went to culinary school and then I worked at Blah the restaurant and then that was, I learned so much and I made a lot of great contacts and then I traveled to Europe for a year and I learned how to make pasta and that was a really great experience for me and then well I mean I guess it depends on so obviously we're up there with fresh air and Terry Gross as far as quality and ability to interview so I'm sorry what did you gonna say ca- I'll compare us as the two I mean she doesn't always ask that question I'm Terry and you're gross <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, but she doesn't always ask that question. I think she asks that question when she thinks the answer is going to be interesting, right? Yeah, I think Charlie Rose is the same thing. Where mm-hmm. it's like, you, if you already kind of know the journey is going to be what you just said, mm-hmm. you can kind of skip over that a little bit. But when you got a crazy Rhodesian that moves to Israel, mm-hmm. marries an Argentinian woman, that's true. Gets rich in real estate and then starts barbecuing. You're like, yo, what up? Yeah, that is Shout out Spurt, by the way. But the, but it's like how the fuck how did that start then? You don't you never know until you go down. Right. You know, and we're not we're not getting these tried and true vetted guests like a Charlie Rose or a Terry Gross or all all you know. So I we're, we're say I am. We're, you are. I'm I'm not very you're good at getting these guests and networking, but you're kind of the man who does all that stuff. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like a talent wrangler, hundred percent, is what some people could call you. But like you're you're really rolling the dice when it's like, hey chef, who's a guy who's who I don't know? Like, tell me your story. Sometimes it's really good, and or sometimes they have a really interesting story. They're just not good at talking. It also doesn't have to necessarily be the opener. It's like when you're twenty minutes in and it's interesting. Suddenly you realize, oh, let's pull it back and true. It sounds like your story might be interest. Your origin story might be interesting. Mm-hmm. That's very true. But I think also, you know, when it's, when it's just us two talking, then we get to there's you get to, you get to peel back some of the layers. Okay. Uh, does that? And I, and I don't know how you feel about that. I'm in. I but think it's kind of you know whenever I feel like we also had months where we haven't had guests too. So I mean, it's certainly. It's not uncommon. I, I think if the banter between the the hosts is solid and good and entertaining, and you're you're a fan who listens to the show every week, regardless of the guest, it's nice to have a little bit of that. It's a little check in, <laughs> a little state of the union, a little what's going on in that brain of yours. I'm laughing because I my mom asked if we were gonna have a guest last night or the night before, and I was like, I don't think so. Now, get off my back, mom. No, I think she, I was like, yeah, I think it's me and Jason. She's like, oh, good. That probably means we'll talk about moms more. Oh. And I was like, all right, shout out Karen Talking about moms more. But that's, it, it hit me, and I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. Is that like, is that one of our go-tos? Like when, we're, when it's a solo studio? I don't think it's one of our go-tos, but I think your mom believes that if there is no <laughs> guest, then the chances of us mentioning mom stuff in general... <laughs> slightly increases <laughs> like if we have a guy that's like hey jessica from squirrel like do you have a mom because we have moms and they're really nice and they know all this stuff <laughs> yeah that's that's a good point jill what's up you want to talk about mom stuff 
I'm trying to think. I was thinking it would be funny if I had my if we had my mom on. I, it would be the same. We should definitely do mm-hmm. it because like. It's when straight up when your mom came on, it, you know, you get a little bit. Of, I get the fun of like asking her embarrassing stuff about you. So then I would like to have those tables turned on me. Yeah, but that's not that's not necessarily completely in my DNA. Well, I'm saying it's it's about time to do that. Like that wouldn't be my that wouldn't occur to me immediately to be like, oh, how how can I rip Jason down with his mom on air? Oh, it's not a rip down, but I'm saying you know you've. You've never driven on the right side of the road, like in in London, but you might like it. You don't know. You know what I'm saying? I have. I have. You've never been to Europe, so there's no way you've ever driven on that (laughs) other side. Well, London's not in Europe, so both of those are correct. (laughs) You've driven on the other side of the road in Europe. I have. Walk me through that as an amateur. Horrible. Is it really? It's the worst. Because I talked to somebody last week, and they're like. Do you see? You just like, just like driving on the other side of the road. You just drive, but you don't go in that lane. Maybe it's more mental than anything. I mean, obviously, it's completely mental for the most part. But it's absolutely me, mental, bruv. To me, it was not tight. Mm. But um, I've never done it alone, too. So that kind of helps. Swinging around and making about food somehow. Um, drive-throughs are crazy on the other side. Oh, of the road. Let brother! Me tell you. I can only Whoa! <laughs> Never gone through one. Going through the right side drive-through—that's crazy. No, but I think the whole time I've ever done that, it's been again not alone, and it's with somebody being like, "Hey, is this right? Is this right?" Like every single turn was like, "Is this right? Is this the right lane?" What do I do? Damn! I really do want to drive on that autobahn, though. I've done that too, but I've only done that in Isn't a mini. It? I've only done that in a very slow car, so it kind of doesn't count. <sighs> I mean, we got a minivan up to like 115 or 120, but it's like... I'm back. But it's not... I'm back. <laughs> but it's not, you know, at that point, you're hearing bolts come off of the thing. Yeah, you're yeah, just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to like being in like a 911 Carrera where you're like, mm-hmm. I don't even feel it. Do you feel yeah, it? I don't yeah, feel yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you're like, oh my God, we're at 160. Right? Yeah. Oh my God, this is crazy, right? Well, well, last year, last week we had Bert from Trudy's fame, Trudy's underground barbecue, barbecue spelled out, not not abbreviated. No, and it was a it was a popular pod that a lot of people really seem to enjoy. He has a, he has a crazy story, and a lot of people are like, oh my god, I've been trying to get his barbecue forever. Damn, it's so cool. Blah blah blah, and his barbecue was delicious. And I incredible. Did you did you do anything with his with your leftover bone? I'm not. Do you still have the bone? Mm-hmm. It's in the freezer. I I immediately went home and made stock out of it the next day. Of course you did. You do that all the time. And I, I can I'll, I'll put money on that. Uh, oversized bone will be in a morning broth. Oh yeah, you. morning broth. Taking that pork chop home <laughs> from Kispaka. I listen- know that's tomorrow is going to be broth day for you. You're listening to Morning Broth with Jason. Morning broth is a good. NPR name for it. Yeah, when, when we finally get syndicated on NPR and we're a daily morning show that's just loosely about food and also current events and politics, it's going to be called Morning Broth. And morning I, Broth is great. I took that bone. Yeah, don't forget that. Listeners at home, buy morningbroth.com and give me the password. Mm-hmm. Uh, or get his Twitter back, either one. My Twitter is back. I'm back, baby. Yo, shout-outs to... Uh, shout-outs to my man on, on Instagram, Gabe... Viegas, I think his name is. He he blessed me. He's like, we had some, we had a crack team really plugging away at it, and it took a long time. But I mean, it took like two weeks. But they finally got it back. Unblocked all the people that I blocked. Got my followers back. 
Like the just basically how it was before it was hacked. I did lose all of, all of my tweets though, but I'm that's actually a blessing in disguise <laughs> because when you when I look back at shit I was tweeting, I mean Twitter's been around for like ten years now. Could you go back that to the beginning? You in theory in yeah like, like before if, you lost them like yeah. you could go back to two. There's a thing on Twitter where you can go eight. into the settings and then you can download uh, an Excel spreadsheet of all of your tweets. And I did that one time, and it's a full nightmare. Like when Twitter first started, will it will it also download like your private messages or whatever they're called? No, okay, I don't think so. It's just public tweets. Just 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 all the tweet, just you being like about to eat a smoothie for the win, (laughs) or like just like all the shit that people would tweet. Is anybody out there? Hey, 2007. Tr- trying this thing out. <laughs> Is this thing on? Anyways, what's up, tweeters? I'm Jason. Uh, ooh, I guess stick with me and we'll have a fun ride. What's up, Twitter? This is your boy, Jason. <laughs> you know what it is. Yeah, so all of those horrible tweets are gone. Just I'm, Popeye's I'm, chicken? Question mark. I'm, start, I'm starting a new. Mm, have you guys tried coconut milk? Um, clean slate. But I got, yeah, so that's good. And what was your first clean slate food tweet? I haven't done any food tweets yet. It'll mm. it'll it'll be me promoting this episode. Tweeters block tomorrow. I get it. It's you don't have to be ashamed. I don't have tweeters block. I'm just a little gun shy when it when because I, I still you know I'm like an abused animal when You're it's like hairs on that. I'm being released back into the wild and I'm a little cautious where I'm placing my paw. You know what I mean? Because I've I've been burned and I know what it feels like. You got in the bear I, trap now. Yeah, and I know that I know how that sweet sting feels, and and I don't want it to happen again. We do a food po- food podcast over here. I mean, there's like a I mentioned a food tweet and a bear trap. You know, oh, that's when that bear meat gets slowly braised. Oh, baby! You so ever had, I've never had bear. Have you had a bear? No, no. I mean, I've been with I've been with a few. <laughs> sure, I've danced the night away with so a couple. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Made a movie with one, mm-hmm. but never ate one. So. <laughs> You, your sentence was the only PG thing that we said in the last minute, but it was somehow the nastiest. Yeah. So I get that bone. I take it home. The bone, mm. you know, you make you make stock out of a carcass of an animal, bones, and you add some other stuff to it, some garlic, some onion, some aromatic vegetables, some peppercorns, what have you, you know? Usually when you make a stock, you just have whatever's lying around that's maybe going bad in the fridge. You got some carrot tops, you got an old fennel, you got some stinky jicama. It all goes in there. Not the jicama. Not, no, not the jicama. But the, <laughs> sure, I was with you until you the jicama. All you're going to do is put a bunch of starch in your stupid thing. Damn, somebody doesn't like jicama. I love jicama. My mom, Karen, right now, she's... I love it. Oh, you do? Yeah, but stock? There's nothing for it to do in stock. That was more of a joke. I don't like jicama. For mm. me, I'm like, don't get it. Why? It tastes like um, unripe cardboard. Hmm. Yeah, I said it. With a little bit of limon and salt. For me, it's a filler. It's like the jicama is like the white part of the cucumber. I want the green. You don't like the white part either. Eh. I mean, it's okay. But like, I see a, I see a so head much, of lettuce. But there's and so I, much crunch in there. There's a lot of crunch in there, but at what cost? You can get if you eat a banana white enough, it's probably got some crunch in there, but it doesn't taste good. Yeah, but the white in a the cucumber cu- isn't unripe. The white in the cucumber. 
<laughs> yeah, but the white, the, the clear center of a shitty iceberg lettuce has a great crunch to it. Put it like out fucking cardboard. It well, no, the center of iceberg lettuce doesn't just taste like water. It tastes like cardboard with a little bit of cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I like how everything that you don't like tastes like cardboard. No, not you ever, everything. Have you ever had a, you know, like when chicken goes bad? You know, like it smells like cardboard. Mm-mm. Tastes like cardboard. Mm-mm. Not everything. Only it's very specific. Okay. So I get this bone, and the only aromatic I put in there is like a, a garlic, like the, uh, like a garlic head with like the skins and stuff like that. Yeah, that also. Yeah, not to cut you off, but pro tip: if you guys are making stock, don't peel it. Don't peel it. Don't do anything to it. Mm-hmm. Just put just put everything. Make it so easy on yourself. If you're gonna put an onion in, have it, yeah. order it, and that's no nothing else. Mm-hmm. Because if you're making stock, you should be cooking it all damn day. I mean, unless like, okay, unless you're putting something in that's obviously covered in dirt. Like if you got mm-hmm. a farmer's market dirt sitting around on something, wash it off. But otherwise, <laughs> it's like no peeling. No, yeah, you know, just keep, it goes in the pot. It's gonna be it's gonna be cooked down so much that there's no there's no point in doing that. I was at a friend's house and they were like julienning and like I was just like, what are you doing? They're like, oh, just that way it gets like it gets more out of it, better, quicker. <laughs> I was like, no, more surface area. You have to cook longer, anyways. Hey man, these All amateurs. Right. Just a, Hopefully like that person is listening garlic, to this right now. Like, like fifteen cloves. No, 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 no. Oh. It was it was like the scrap of like four, like half one, okay. half cloves. Like it was like it was like one third of a garlic clove. Just one, like just like head tossed. Yeah, one third of a head. One third of a head, not not out of a clove. Tossed in there, no salt, no pepper, anything. Wow. And then I just I cooked it down for like eight hours probably. And then it came, pulled How the bone. How much water? Not that much. I would maybe four cups. Did you take the pastrami rib or the regular rib? I didn't even look. Um, I, I think it was the regular one. I mean, you'd probably taste it if you tasted your broth. It was not pastrami. Yeah. Uh, but the, it, it made a really, really, really good bone broth. Hmm. It tasted amazing. Like when you when you go to like a a place that sells broth that costs eight dollars for a cup, and you're like, oh, this is good bone broth. It was like that level with no, and it needed no seasoning, and it had a really subtle but definitely there smoky under under note. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you could straight up taste like the oak, like the post oak in there, but it was not overpowering. Mm-hmm. Great beefy flavor, good nice fat ring. On the top, mm-hmm. tasted amazing, and I and I, I poured a poured a cup of it and just drank it, and it was amazing. And then I used uh, I used it to make to cook some beans in, mm. really good. Mm-hmm. That made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And then I also used it to I tried um, making rice, brown rice with it. Not a good idea. Just didn't do anything. Like I just you- I replaced the water with right. with broth and then cooked brown rice in it and. I was like working on my computer and I was cooking it in the rice cooker and I could smell a smell that was just like weird. Like it kind of smelled like urine, unfortunately. Ooh. Not to use a vulgar word on the pod, but it smelled like pee. First for everything. <laughs> We've never said a bad word on this show. But it did smell like pee and I was like, eh, maybe, you know, worst things. I better have, taste it. Worst, <laughs> worst things have happened in this kitchen. My, when does my kitchen not smell like pee? And then. I uh and it it tasted okay but it was just wrong it was just one of those things that just it's just wrong but I still ate all of it 
because I felt like I was eating like fortified brown rice that was filled with great so it nutrition. Didn't taste that bad? It just didn't taste that good. Correct. It, right. it was like, obviously. I mean, you're not going to eat food that tastes bad. I would imagine that you just lost any kind of. I mean, bone broth is so subtle to begin with. To cook rice in it, it just like disappears. Most of it did disappear. Be, like, but this was a the the fact that the bone broth was smoky and mesquite and and oaky and all that. Like some of that shined through, but translated amazingly well for beans for rice not so much a little damn liquid smoke in your rice next time baby oh god ding ding god 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 um so thank you and you should you should always make that stock and broth and just just buy a bunch of beans beans are so cheap you can go to whole foods and there's like 30 different kinds of beans even rancho gordo beans for the amount of food you get are not expensive mm-hmm. like six dollars a bag just you know yeah six dollars than- a bag and that's enough for like three bean cookings. Yeah. You're not making the entire bag necessarily at once. Yeah, what are you crazy? Unless you like and worth it. Have a lot of kids or something. Um so thank you. Thank you to Bert for doing that. Don't make bone broth rice. Yeah, don't let that be on the barbecue menu, Bert. <laughs> um and we got some we got some a hot sauce sent to us that we're gonna be we didn't we're not gonna talk about it this week because I forgot to bring it, but next week we're gonna mm-hmm. we got we got some hot sauce we'll so we'll do we'll do a little hot sauce taste test and some and some plugs, but I wanted to bring it up as a reminder if you are listening to this and you have literally any product <laughs> and you want us to give you a plug to our thousands of listeners, just send it to send it to our house and if we you will make backpacks or clothing that can hold food that's food related. There's a lot to think about. If you work at Apple, if you manufacture bikes that can carry farmer's market produce. Yeah, yeah, that's a good tie-in. Yeah, but feel free to send us two bikes. Basically, what I'm saying is we if you give us free stuff, we will literally talk about it on the show, no problem. Sure. But drugs, there, too. There, <laughs> we can, well, we'll get into that next. But there is, there is a caveat that if it is bad, we will... We will be honest and speak poorly about your product. You ready to take that risk? Artisanal yeah. business owner whose life depends on a podcast advertisement? You ready to roll that die? I'm trying to think of anything that we kind of ha- we've ever hammered hard and I feel like <laughs> the 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 soft opening dinner at <laughs> At Cannibal, the matcha chicken liver pate, oh. I feel like is the only thing that we're both like, that is, was absolute trash. <laughs> but also... But we also reviewed 98% of the rest of the meals being excellent. And, and every, every critic in town said the same thing about that. I've never seen a review about it, but... I think Jonathan Gold talked, to, like, talked about it, or like some other... I, I've read a few different ones where they're like, what the fuck were you thinking when you made... <laughs> Anybody taste this when before you made it went out? Green tea, matcha, chicken liver pate. Taste. And when you take chicken liver pate that's already like kind of an off putting shade of what would that be? To- taupe? Like a burnt burnt umber kind of pastel feel. Like mm-hmm. it looks I mean it looks like cat food. Which, Absolutely. Which like is not food. a great but when you mix that with green, it just kind of makes it like it goes from cat food to cat shit. It just looks not appetizing at all. I mean, not to repeat ourselves a billion times, but... Um, Don't do it. The Alimento chicken liver mousse. Don't you do it. It's it's definitely plated and colored in a way that, like, mm-hmm. 
is, is extremely inviting. It is, does not look like cat food. But a lot of when it comes out in a terrine and it's just kind of dropped in front of you, you're like, mm-hmm. I mean, I love it. It's, it's like on a charcuterie plate, it's, it's a, always a contender to be my favorite thing. I love it so much. But mm-hmm. it's definitely like, it's hard to serve that appetizing, even in a container or mm-hmm. any, it's just like, hmm. But again, it's, but it's it, also, to then make it green is, is very Dr. Seuss. It makes me wonder how many people did this pass by before it was approved and on the menu and put out into the world where nobody was like, mm, hey guys, yeah, it, this is awful. It's certainly like... And it's not like a, like putting a bad movie out that has a lot of politics behind it and like back scratching favors and like weird built up things where you can't do it or like... Whatever it might be, it's just a just a dish on a menu in one restaurant on this crazy planet of ours. It's funny. That's like my go-to thought process of how many people had to like. Oh yeah, this is a great idea, and to me, it doesn't happen that way necessarily. Especially if you have kind of like a a celebrity chef or a chef that has like a very strong personality. I feel like that can happen so much easier in a restaurant than it can with anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, like whether it's clothing or movies or television or music. Or so, like it, it, it seems the easiest thing to do in a restaurant is to have something just fired out like that where everyone's just like, I don't know, chef put it out. I just, you know, I'm not going to, well, no, I don't like my <laughs> like job. Like when you go to a restaurant. This job's s- great. I, haven't, I didn't have a job for a year. Like I'm keeping <laughs> this job. <laughs> uh And, and the, when you go to a restaurant and, and they tell you like one of the specials, and you're like, hmm, I mean, do you like it? And they're like, yeah. it's strong. <laughs> what, it's, yeah, what, what's, the, what's the food vocabulary to be um, a diplomatic waiter or waitress? Like, it's, it's very, it's very... Not for everyone. Not for everyone's a good one. <laughs> it's like, which is always funny because... Like, Acquired taste. More often you'll get like, oh, I had it for family meal. It's incredible. Mm. <laughs> or like, oh, I just had that before we before service. And it's really, I mean, maybe my favorite new thing on the menu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and that's when even about that- something that's mediocre. So when they're, when they're so morally obligated personally to be like, oh, ah, he, you know, the, the thing about that dish, uh, you're really, there's yeah, that's, something that's, going on. That's there. like, um, what was it? I would, they would, I would listen on the Adam Carolla podcast. They would talk, like, you would know when a celebrity, when you interview a celebrity and you ask him about another celebrity who's like a known asshole, like, who's a celebrity who's like a known asshole? All of them, like 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 Nick Nolte or Mel, or like uh, just Jeremy tr- Piven. All right, Jeremy Piven, and then you like, and you're interviewing, you're interviewing Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Like, what do you think about Jeremy Piven? And then when they go, Jer- Jeremy's Jeremy. Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely it. When you say that, that's all you need to know. When you're like, how's that flounder today? Like, flounder. He's not for everyone. Flounder's flounder. It's it's there. How's this um, smoked trout uh, jelly? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it, it's it's trout. It's trouty. It's 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 trout forward. It's uh, sustainable. <laughs> um, it was local. It was purchased uh, from one of our our vendors and so a local vendor. And we cooked it. 
with uh, our kitchen. Their family's been fishing for two generations. <laughs> with the the plate that it's on, it's on a really. We got new plates. They're really good. Doesn't sound like. <laughs> I don't know what that tastes like. Um. So yeah, moral of the story: green tea. It's for drinking. <laughs> not for not okay. not for gonna, li- not for liverin. Jason's gonna stick the landing in. For our listeners, green tea is for drinking. It's just for drinking. not just for drink. It's only for drinking. But it, it, I was watching the um, Eddie Wong's show, Wong's World, on on Vice, which I I used to watch all the time, but I haven't watched in a while. And the LA episode, it was really good. Um, it was kind of some weird little interesting things there and he was he was talking to his girlfriend about and his girlfriend works for like a fashion magazine and she's very like plugged in with food bloggers and instagrammy girls and and he's very like against that and he's he's like showing her photos of his food he's like i cooked this food and it was so good and it just looks like shit on my like i when i when i made it i just it just looks like shit and she's saying like that's because you were cooking it with the intentions of having it taste great and the way it looked was not the the highest priority which is a, something that's been turning over the last few years where it's such a visual visual world that we're living in and they were kind of talking about the rise of matcha and they're both saying like, yeah, I don't like matcha. Like it, it's not something that tastes good. I don't wake up thinking I want a matcha. But when you look at a picture of green tea in a cup, it just looks like urine in a cup. Like it doesn't look cool. Mm. But if you take matcha and you have it be this bright pastel green and you whip it and mix it with almond milk, then suddenly it's a beautiful photogenic drink. Right. That's essentially green tea. Mm. And then when I saw that, I just really got to thinking about how uh how horrible everything is and and how important it, and how much of a skill it is to walk the line between both of those things of having what you're making you know when we go back to the chicken liver pate when you when you get the one from alimento and it's this perfect bright pink and it's scored around the rim of a heath ceramics bowl with the beautifully grilled bub and grandma's bread next to it and some jelly preserves and some Maldon salt. You're like, oh shit, this is going in my mouth right now. I would love it. And when you get a green tea turd thingy, you don't <laughs> want to fucking eat it. Yeah. And if you're able to, if you're able to do both, then that's sort of what you almost definitely need to do nowadays, unless you already have sure. like an existing legacy restaurant. I mean, not to split hairs on the example, but I feel like split it. The the Elemento plating for that dish is like it's very simple and it looks good but it's like it almost seems like it was done by somebody at service that they just had mm-hmm. like you know like uh yeah what do you call like uh what's that flat uh on cake frosting knife like they had a frosting knife like handy. The, the, the thing that where it looks like you're putting right. cement down for bricklaying and they just had it there and there's like shit here sh- just like hit it on a plate and threw it to somebody and they're like oh mm-hmm. this is great this is e- this is quick to do you can wipe it mm-hmm. and we're done and like looks great as opposed well to those like, are those perfect things that just fall in your lap right. sometimes as opposed to like i think what you're talking you know about um as far as looking at something that's been food styled to a degree that is almost obnoxious, mm-hmm. you know, with foams and 
and tweezers. Vespertined. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, I don't know. I've been thinking a lot because I've had a couple people mention the Vespertine thing, and a lot of people thought we were too nice to it. And the caveat is we haven't eaten there. That's thing. Well, that's but, that's everyone's caveat, which is the but, funny part. But it's it's also like that's. I mean, I don't know. I almost give that a pass in a way that it's like it's done to such an extreme where it becomes so much of the point, as opposed to it's so much in the DNA of the experience, as opposed to some mediocre version of a really pretty picture on Instagram. And the mm-hmm. food's okay, and the picture's okay, yeah. and it's just it's just a dish. Mm-hmm. As opposed to the theater that Vesperpine has been described to me as, where I'm mm-hmm. kind of like, yeah, get it, go, go as hard in the paint as you can. If this is really like the vision, yeah. But if you're just like somebody who's like tweezing a flower on top, and then like, I'm gonna foam. You got, are you, you got the phone ready? I'm about to foam it. You know, and you're just like, yeah, but it's just like you just sort of like, dish with some. Sh- <clears throat> that's fine. I want a, I want a smoking gun for Christmas. <laughs> I'm gonna make. Some- <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I, there's just degrees of it. I, I, I think like 98 percent of it, I can completely leave and don't mm-hmm. need. Um, but you know, but that really is that. But that's the thing that I love about it the most is how you cook your food and how you present it says everything about you. I and want it, somebody to do a fake Rick's drive-in Instagram. <laughs> oh, really? Like to to that's something that our all of our international listeners will appreciate. If they could, if somebody could do a Rick's drive-through on Fletcher and Riverside and have it look like just the most Instagrammed account ever, but using their menu, that would be comedy. I'd be into that. We can do it together. I think also I don't know if they changed the marquee, but for at least. Like the seven years we lived together, the marquee read LA's best restaurant. <laughs> um, I ate there a year ago. It was not good. No, it's terrible. <laughs> the turkey burgers. But I like the, the turkeys. Vibe. The turkey burger is kind of passable in a way that it's like if you if you're there and you're so desperate for something quick mm-hmm. and you don't want to eat fast food, and you can argue that Rick's is fast food. It's kind of like there's a decent amount of turkey and it's on a burger <laughs> and it's cooked through. And it's got mustard. It's a sad, so sad, sad <laughs> convo. I guess it's it's meat that's been cooked all the way, and there's mustard, and I, I don't. I and don't. there were multiple times I think people visiting. We I would drive by that because we lived in Silver Lake, and they'd be like, "Is this really always the best restaurant?" I'm like, "You can't afford it, or <laughs> if you have to ask, or you know, it's like I don't think we can get in." It's like when I you go to Vegas, an, and you're like, an "If the, if this casino next to a dumpster has the best prime rib in." In the state of Nevada, then how come this one also has the best one? And, and it's five ninety nine with a twenty dollar cash in with chips. Mm-hmm. Buy twenty bucks chips, five ninety nine. All you can eat prime rib, best in the south. Mm. Um, we. I want to talk about weed and cooking because you were talking about weed earlier. I tried. Just I was a, talking about hard drugs, not weed. <laughs> uh, well, that's the next evolution. Okay, I'm sure. Cool. The, uh, an alternative milk side side note: there's there's a new milk on the streets that's sweeping the nation. <laughs> <laughs> when is there not a new milk hit in the streets? Is my question. To well, you. it happens every six months. No, longer. Like we've kidding. been we've been riding an almond wave for a couple of years now. I was kidding. I mean, it happens very. I know rarely. you're kidding, but also not 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 true. I mean, can you guess what? 
the next alternative milk shining star is made out of, Andre? Human breast milk. <laughs> it's not titty milk, baby. Cambodian titty milk? I mean, I wish, but it's not cheap. It's not cheap. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> yeah, it tastes weird. And also, like, it's really hard working out, like, getting the tour on your browser to get, like, the whole, <laughs> to get the dark web loaded yeah. up. Yeah. You got to peel that onion back. If you're not buying breast milk on the dark <laughs> web, are you even on the fucking internet? Sorry, Mom. You got to really trust them to package that thing cold, though. Oh, yeah, you got to get the dry pack. I think maybe if they were, like, shipping it out of Joe's Stone Crab, where you get the dry ice, where, you, where you're uh, getting that crab shipped over, or, like, your, great your lobster coming through. I mean, it's the Port of Miami, baby. We do Coke, and we do titty milk coming at you. <laughs> Hot. I just, want, I just finished Narco Season 3, so I'm ready to set up a whole distribution network. I mean, that's what that show's about, <laughs> teaching you how to smuggle titty milk out of Miami. Look, cocaine, fine. The margins are decent at best. Yeah. Breast milk... That's yeah. how you make that real coin, baby. Yeah, we all know that. And also, when you when you go to jail for being a, a coke lord, sure you're respected and feared, but you're not loved. When no. you go into jail for doing breast milk, yeah, oh, it's, it's like being an artist. Ticker tape parade for sure. <laughs> they want to know if you're holding as soon as you get in. You got that? You got a pint? Let me get a pint. I can smell all right. It. So can you guess? Um, I want you got three guesses. If you get it right, I'll give you the rest of my kombucha. Okay, I'll take it. Um, and it's not weed. It's not weed. Okay, but that that doesn't count as a guess. Correct. I just wanted to make sure that this wasn't an obvious like you're fucking with me, and it's no. like it's obviously weed. Um, There's no drugs in it. Okay, I'm gonna. I want two. So instead of three guesses, I want two questions and then a guess. Fair. So is it a nut? No. Okay. Great guess. By the way, first of all, great guess. Cuts out a lot. Not a nut, not a nut, not a hazelnut. Shit, I don't know what my second not question walnut, would be. Not a macadamia milk. Okay, is it a fruit? It is not a fruit. Okay. What kind of milk do you make from fruit? I don't know. I mean, I guess is a coconut a fruit? Have you had papaya milk? Is co- is That's coconut? just called juice. <laughs> That's just juice, dummy. <laughs> Yo, fruit milk. I call juice fruit milk from now on, by Great the way. Drink. <laughs> See, this is the kind of shit that only happens when you have no guests on a food podcast. Cow drink. You, you, you're oh, like, milk? Yo, you mean cow drink? I don't call it juice. I call it fruit milk. Um, I give that a four out of ten at best. We got to wrap this up. It's mm-hmm. really stupid that uh, my guess is avocado milk. No. It is, is avocado a fruit? It is a fruit. It is shit. oat milk. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's a company called Oatly. Yeah, o- but I feel like I've heard of that. O-A-T-L-Y. It's been around for a while, but I, it's, it's popped up recently at my two local third wave coffee shops oh, okay. where all the, all, the, all the milk, all the nut milk trend forecasting goes down. Are you talking about Maru and Proof? Talking about Maru and Proof. Yeah. Both are featuring Oatly brand nut milk, and they're advertising the fact that it is nut free because so people is, have nut allergies or whatever it is. Is it specifically like a barista milk? Like is Oatly trying to do a barista milk? They do both. Or is it, they they, do you both. can do a regs and a barista blend. And I and I I was at Proof and I was like, what is this oat milk? And they're like, oh, we just started using it. It's pretty good. And then I was like, let me get a little hit off of that. Poured a little little cortado glass full of just raw dog oat milk, room temp, and boy, thick, rich, creamy, delicious. I really enjoyed it. So, mom, if you're listening, get that oat milk popping. 
It's maybe it's not cheap though. Mm. Better than all better than almond or coconut. It's I like it more than almond milk. Yeah. Because it's it's a thick it's a thick daddy. But the almond coconut milk that looks like a bowling pin, that's my day one. I ride for that in my smoothie. You can get that at Whole Foods, can't you? You can get it at damn Ralph's. No. Yeah, they got it at Ralph's. Coconut almond bowling pin milk turn up. So is there any? I mean, you can tell when it's all like, or at least I can, because I don't like. I usually don't like alternative milks. Um, mm-hmm. What is what is it? The oat? Do you get an oat? Do you get? You get a little bit of an oat flavor. It just has like a real nice, thick richness. It's. I think it's just a perfectly well balanced alternative milk. I th- and I dare you to give it a shot next time I, you pop in tomorrow. Ask for just a glass of it straight up raw dog. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about. It doesn't we- seem like a heavy dare. I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> Go to a store that sells something and buy it, <laughs> and then drink it, and it tastes good. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, and I'll let you have the rest of my kombucha, even though you failed. I'm gonna drink this kombucha. Let's talk. We'll we'll end things up with weed, with weed and cooking. I I hung out with Helen from Munchies, who was a guest on the show a couple weeks ago. And they're in the middle of making their... What, hiking? Just after the hike? After the hike. She's, she's in town. She came back into town because Vice is doing their next cookbook, which is... Weed. Weed. Yeah. Did we talk that about, I knew. We talked about that on the pod, right? I think so. I think she mentioned that. Or it could be a stew exclusive. Um, and Vice is very much on the forefront of like, hey, weed and food, it's, it's a thing. Sure. And and she brought me these biscuits, mm. weed biscuits, savory. It was just like a regular buttermilk biscuit, but it had oh. weed in it, but savory, savory. You know what I, mean? I, I could not even tell that it had weed in it. See, that's the dosage was very low. It was only five milligrams per biscuit. That's good. So one biscuit will barely blow wind in my sails. It's like my like my mom would would get like a little bit of a head change at most. Got it. So it did nothing to me, but it did. After I ate a few of them, it felt pretty good. But how big are they? I actually I didn't even eat the biscuits. I just got the donut. I mean, you just smoked weed and looked at a biscuit. <laughs> I got the I got the biscuit scraps. Got it. So when you when you roll out the dough and you you put the oh, ring, you got the biscuit shake. I got the I got the biscuit shake precisely. They were delicious though. Um, and it, and even though, but I was, and I was, I was talking to a few other people about it, like weed and food is so big right now. And I really don't get why they need to have, why they need to be combined. I don't understand it at all, but I mean, and I, 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 I don't have to, I guess it's my thing. I it's know like, obviously it's a big novelty thing and it's interesting, but it's, I think it's it's scratching an itch that never existed, where mm-hmm. people for the dawn of time yeah. have been eating food and smoking pot, and every and and that has not needed to be improved upon. Well, okay, so I well, I couldn't agree more, but also when thank you, you look I hope at, Helen's not listening to this or think, anyone advice. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, you know what, Helen, I hope you are listening I to this. I couldn't agree more. In, the book. in a personal way. Um, but I'm gonna, there's an argument for it and an argument against it, and personally to me, the mm-hmm. 12 course is 
fucking stupid. <laughs> the twelve course weed meal that I've read about, heard about, tasting menu mm-hmm. chefs. It's just why. Okay, and my argument is like, and even if you're a veteran weed enthusiast, right. you're like, what happened after you ate those twelve courses? Like, oh man, I had to go to the hospital. It was so it's, crazy. But unless you're gonna tell me and convince me that there's a flavor element to it that's really intrinsic to the dish. Like, and so the argument is, to me, it's like if you do a mezcal 12-course meal, mm-hmm. 10 of those dishes will have no alcohol content whatsoever. And maybe a dessert or maybe a soup will be finished or something will be finished where you'll get a buzz off, like a rum cake. You'll make something where you're just raw-dogging the alcohol into it and mm-hmm. it's flavor and it, you're usually you're finishing with it and it mm, gets you a little cake. buzz. But the idea that you're cooking 12 courses with weed... It just seems ridiculous to me because it doesn't have to do with flavor profile. It doesn't do with texture. It's just getting you stoned. And, you know, in a way that also you have to trust a chef to be very precise about the measurement so you don't lose it. Everybody has a different tolerance. Everybody has a different reaction. I mean, there's so much of a question mark where it's like it, it boggles my mind as to why you'd want to do it. The argument for it for me is in that single dish, if they're doing like... I don't know, a cookbook where you're going to have one thing with weed in it and that's part of the fun and the food is incredibly good and they're giving you a lot of science into how to do different extractions, whether it's oils or powders or however they want to try and use it in a cooking way. They're giving you method as well as recipe and you make one dish and you want to get stoned and everybody has a great time and it tastes good, fine. Mm-hmm. But this idea of building an entire experience and and multiple course meal that all has weed in it <laughs> just is like that seems so stupid. <laughs> and and for me, when when you first like when you're like, a but t- it's not for me. So I'm not like I'm not judging. I just but to me, it's like you, you're telling me that you're, yeah. you're laying it out for me, and I'm like that sounds ridiculous. <laughs> I, that. But when when you were a kid and your friends would be like, "Hey man, we're gonna make weed brownies," and you're sure. like, "Weed Whoa, brownie makes sense. crazy weed brownie gets done." But now, Go like, so much has advanced, and you kind of realize that the the barrier of entry and the end point of cooking with weed is like, how do you make weed this? And this, it's right. the same thing every time. It's just like you infuse weed with oil or butter or another fat, well, and then you <laughs> use that oil or butter or fat to make. Everything. So it's like, sure. It's it's a very grand opening, grand closing scenario. It's like, how do you make this dish? You're like, oh, well, you have to do you this, this, use, this, and this. How do you make this Oaxacan mole? You have to do this, this, like a whole other thing. How do you make sushi? This is like a giant. It never ends. That's what's so amazing about cooking. Is you always learn all these new things. It's like, how do you make a weed anything? You just mix weed with oil, and then you cook that. You put that oil in whatever it is, and you're like. Okay, I learned about uh, you. You reach the end point of it right. in one hour, but also I'm not a smart man, and I feel like I am judging something on, you know, a very preconceived idea of what it is and what it looks like. And there might be people doing really interesting things with weed that I can't even conceive. And I completely acknowledge that that might be out there. Mm-hmm. But from what I've read and, and seen a decent amount of, it doesn't seem that necessary or interesting or mm-hmm. that which I can't imagine. This is how you, this is how you cook with weed. You go you to... You go buy the Momofuku milk cookbook, <laughs> and then whenever it calls for butter, you put weed butter in it, and then you have <laughs> great cookies. No, this is... You go to a store, yeah. 
You buy nachos. Yeah. You go home. You smoke weed. You smoke weed. Yeah, and then you, you eat, eat the those nachos. nachos. Those are the best weed nachos. Wait, <laughs> do you have that's my, it? Do you have my recipe? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, it's like an adaptation of yours, but yeah. You turn on Friday after next. By far the best Friday in the series. Everybody knows that. Sure. And when you smoke pot, you get as high as you're going to get within five to ten minutes. Yeah. You, you, you're like, okay, I'm going to be. Out of 100, I am 38% stoned on pot, and that's good enough for me. Or maybe it's not enough, so I'll have a little bit more. If you eat a 12-course edible meal, you have no clue what the hell right. is going to happen to you. And I think... I don't care if you're Willie Nelson. You, I, st- you don't know what's going to happen to you. I think people like... I mean, there's a, definitely a personality that likes that idea. Like, buy the ticket, take the ride. Where they're just like, let's see what happens tonight, man. Mm-hmm. I am mm-hmm. never that guy. I am never that guy. It's <laughs> like, I'm going to eat this and let's see what happens. Like, right. <laughs> that doesn't sound fun. Oh, no, um, but it could. I mean, it could be. Maybe, maybe I'm boring and old. But I will say, like, no one's ever really said, like, I took one hit of this pot. Like, I smoked one hit mm-hmm. and I got so wasted. I mean, maybe someone might be like, oh, it was strong. We took one hit and I right. got really stoned. Mm-hmm. But, like, how many times. Has somebody been like, I just, I ate, I ate one and they were small, dude. I ate one quarter of this cookie. The beginning of the story. And I called is, my mom crying one hour dude, later. They were like this big and your friend's showing you like he's making a quarter size shape of his fingers and he's mm-hmm. just like, dude, they were this big. I had one. <laughs> yeah. I, had one. I don't even know how I got home, dude. <laughs> and you're like, well, that sounds horrible. I woke up in Oregon. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even, I mean, I thought you had to have a passport to get to Mexico. Not, <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Um, Turns out just to get back, which was sucks for just me. Just to get back, yeah, that line sucks. Um, well, we, as, as much as I'd love to keep this pod going, we have, we have dinner reservations at Cato. Our, Must be nice. Oh, wait, I'm going. Yeah, you're going too, baby. Sick. So Andre and I are going to go have have dinner and visit John from Cato, who was a guest on the show about a month ago or so. Date night. And they're, they're rolling. Yeah, date night with Bay. We're going to roll out their new, their, they have some new menu items coming out, and I'm pleased as punch to uh, to sample that. So we need to head out, but we need, also need to talk about the best thing that we ate all week. Do you want to go first? You yeah. go first. Ooh, okay. Well, for me, it's a double. It's a double whammy that involves the the Far East Plaza in Chinatown. Um, I went to visit the new cookbook store slash kitchen utensil equipment place called Now Serving LA. I think it's Now Serving LA on Instagram. But look it up. It's it's in the Chinatown Plaza, and they have it's like the coolest store ever. They have tons of cookbooks, amazing magazines. They they have a few like the last five copies of my cookbook zine are in there right now. Sold out. They have really cool like high grade Japanese knives, cheaper low grade stuff, like really affordable things here and there. Like beautiful curated store. Like it looks like an Aesop store or something like that. Right. And it's right in the Chinatown Plaza. And they're going to open it up and have it be like a little luncheonette restaurant next door. He was, uh, he was nice enough to show us. So he had a, a, an op- opening launch party over the weekend. And he hired the Echo Park Blue Corn Quesadilla lady to cater it. 
which if you never had it before in Echo Park near the lake on Fridays and Saturdays or Wednesdays as well, there's a woman there who does handmade blue corn quesadillas and you get the wheat lacoche inside. Delicious. So I had that and then I went to Lhasa. Um, also, I went to Lhasa today with Jillian Ferguson, who's done the show before, the, mm-hmm. the ex-producer of KCRW Good Good Food, um, and had lunch at Lhasa today and had the, the pen set there. Mm. which is just yum, 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 so good. So it's a double whammy of blue corn quesadilla, which is highly recommended, and Lhasa. But mainly I wanted to plug that you should definitely go and visit that cookbook store this weekend. Tell them I sent you. Get, get, my, get my zine. Use the stew coupon. Use the coupon code stew for absolutely nothing. And also he gave me a nice, um, he gave me a nice thing of coffee. Ooh. Which is really nice. So, yeah, shout-outs to Ken. Ken the God. Um, yeah, it's now serving L.A. on Instagram. Go visit. Andre, what's the best thing you had? Um, I had charcuterie at Esther's Wine Bar in Santa Monica. <laughs> and they had duck prosciutto as one of the options, and it was the best thing on the plate. Duck prosciutto? Mm-hmm. Dang. Couldn't really taste the duck. Really? Did it just look like normal prosciutto? It was very dark, very red. I'm imagining, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I kind of wanted to ask, but then I just didn't care. Um, <laughs> but I'm kind of wondering. I like Esther's, though. It's tight. I'm wondering where it's coming from on the duck and the way it was. I just, I, yeah. It was, but it was great. It, you, you wouldn't know that it was duck. Mm-hmm. Um, I think was there marbling or was it all all flesh? No, it was like prosciutto normally, where it's like all the fat is on a cap on top, mm-hmm. and it came from that. So like it, it was too much fat to be skin, so it couldn't be breast. Was it darker than normal prosciutto? Super dark, yeah, like so dark, like purple. Yeah, dang, deep red. They also have these mixed nuts there with lavender. Yeah, they're really good. Those are good. Yeah. And I normally believe that lavender does not belong in your mouth. It's more of a smell than a taste, but those lavender mixed nuts, yum, yum. Yeah, I don't know about the, yeah, the prosciutto was good. Prosciutto de pato. Yeah. Mm, pato. There you mm-hmm. go. That's, uh, yeah, that's your cacao coming out in you, staring at that pato taco on the sí, menu for so long. Sí, prosciutto de pato, güey. Because where else would you see pato on a menu? That's oh, because I'm bilingual. I speak many <laughs> languages. <laughs> How do you say duck in Italian, Andre? Oh, I don't know. I don't know at all. I was just trying to figure out where you got pato from, and I was like, oh, I bet it's cacao. You can follow me on social media at them jeans. <laughs> at them jeans. I have a Twitter that works again. Thank you for... Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, and listen to my other podcast, Tall Tales. Andre Conoparo has no social media. I don't. You can go to the stew Podcast. Punto.com for old episodes. Punto.com for sure. I'm, I've been thinking about making some stew t-shirts. People are asking about some merchandise. Ooh, that'd be fun. So, you know, send over some ideas for a shirt. Very limited edition, very expensive. And <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Andre. We're going to go eat some Kato now. Wish us luck Let's with that it. classic LA Friday traffic, TGIF. Thank you, Jason. Bye. Got your whole free from it. 
Had to take one second Think about all these motherfucking blessings Yeah, I got a license, but I'm driving real reckless Designer done turn to a fetish She gon' eat the hot dog, cause I get the relish Come and get it work, cause you know I gotta sell it Before I get the cool, yeah, you know I gotta test it Cause I cut it to this hundred thousand and invest it